0: Good morning and welcome to our daily word and prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along with us today as we talk about, again, joy thieves. How Satan wants to steal our joy. You know, God, God tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I pray that you'll be people who have joy in your life. It will strengthen you. It'll help you face challenges. It'll help you have faith. It'll help you look, look forward with confidence to your future. If you don't have joy and you're walking with a cloud of discouragement or despair or depression over your head, uh, it weakens you. Satan knows this. That's why he wants to rob you of your joy. And as we talk about how sometimes as Christians, we just have that cloud over us. I'm not talking about we got some terrible news and it's painful to hear. I'm talking about just my day-to-day experience. Am I walking with an expectant faith and a joy that God's going to bless me, that God's going to bless you, that God's favor is resting on you, that God's goodness is surrounding you, that Look out, something good might happen tomorrow because you're following Christ today. We saw yesterday that we talked about three joy stealers. and We only got into two of them. The devil wants to steal our joy by reminding us of guilt over our past. And we talked about the importance of remembering our forgiveness, confessing our sins. I failed to mention yesterday that sometimes this can be a nebulous sense of guilt that I have, just this cloud over me. But sometimes also Satan can plague me with a specific sin I've committed, maybe even over a, a long time ago, but a specific sin, something that he just plagues me, just keeps bringing it up. And when that happens, I encourage you to confess specifically to God. I can, I encourage you to not just say God thank you for forgiving me all my sins. Go back and say God, I need to mention this one sin. It keeps coming up. Satan keeps accusing me. And I want to thank you for this specific, that this specific sin that I committed at this specific time and name it to the Lord and say thank you it's under the blood of Christ. It's cleansed, it's washed away. I'm claiming my forgiveness for this specific sin. I think that's important. Remember, God wants you to have a clear conscience. And sometimes that involves, it involves confession to God, sometimes confession also to another person, but be specific. We talked about regret over our past. You can't change your past. You can't go back and put, you know, toothpaste back in the, in the, uh, in the tube You can't, if it's wad over the dam, it's over the dam. You can't go put it back. You can learn from your mistake. The righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up because he learns from his mistakes. And we want to be people, we're going to make mistakes, so we want to learn from them. And we don't want to be continually repeating them. I often tell students there's three types of people in the world. There's those who make mistakes. There's fools. They make mistakes and never learn from them. There's wise people, they make mistakes and learn from them. There's really wise people, they learn from other people's mistakes, mistakes they see that are in Scripture. That's why we get in the Word of God, read it, because just about every mistake you'll ever make, someone in Scripture made it. Just about every sin you'll ever commit, someone in Scripture committed it. You can learn from their mistakes, learn from their sins, learn from their failures, or learn from others around you, learn from that older generation. Or if you're part of that older generation, freely share, discreetly, but freely share with others some of your failures, so they don't keep repeating them. And yet they will. There are many of them they will repeat. But we want them to learn from them. Well, finally, fear and anxiety about our futures, which we want to talk about today. The devil wants to steal our joy by making us fearful about tomorrow. What could happen? Why? What? Might come. Now there is the place for caution. There is the place for preparation. In Scripture we read that a a prudent man sees the evil and he hides himself. And so we don't want to be so optimistic about our our tomorrow and believe that God will provide it that provide and protect and favor us that we can be foolish that we can walk right into a trap, that we can think somehow people aren't evil, they mean no, they mean us no evil, they don't want to hurt us, and we're naive. The Bible tells, says the naive will proceed and pay the penalty for his naivete. We don't want to do that. But on the other hand, we don't want to be people who are constantly fearing that everything's going to go wrong in this world, that everything's going to go bad, and that our God won't show up to protect us and to watch over us And that if we are walking with God and honoring God and seeking God and putting God first, that we won't be recipients of his favor. For instance, the economy is going to be the economy. It's going to go up or down, and we live in a big economy here in America. We live in a huge economy. It can suffer badly. doesn't mean you have to. On the other hand, it can go well and doesn't mean everyone participates in it. There are some things that are out of our control, but also no matter what happens, God can be with us. We do see both in Scripture, don't we? We see there were times in Scripture, for instance, when Israel was destroyed or overcome or, 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 or um, exiled, and it affected the godly people as well as the ungodly. We see other times, like in Egypt, where God brought 10 plagues upon the Egyptians, and he protected his people, the Israelites. And so we've got to realize that sometimes God can and does protect us, even in difficult times. But if not, God has a purpose. And we've got to believe that somehow God will be working his best in our life. Claiming the promise that God works all things together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Romans 8.29, he'll conform us to the image of Christ. Well, let's look at a little bit, though, about worrying about the future. Excessive worry. What should we do? In Philippians 4.6, we get, we get the antidote to worry. Be anxious for nothing. Okay, and that's nice to know. Be anxious for nothing. Okay, how? Here's the answer. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. This is the answer. One translation says, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. That's good advice. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Everything. If there's something that's worrisome in your life, something you think this could happen, this could go wrong, what about, what are we going to do if this happens? What about that? Pray about it. Ask God's favor. Ask God's blessing. Ask God to be involved. Invite God in. Invite God into your finance. Invite God into your health. Invite God into your family. Invite God into your church. Invite God into your work situation. Invite God into your uh, relationships. Invite God into disputes you're having with someone. Invite God in. Welcome him. Don't pray to him. Do pray to him and don't worry. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. And notice it says to pray with thanksgiving. Don't forget that. I've shared the story here before, but it was worth repeating. One time I was worried sick about our finances. We didn't have many, and I didn't know how, how we were going to make it. This was early in our marriage. I was unemployed at the time, and I we were really low on money. And I remember walking around a park where I often would pray and praying and praying, Lord, you said, don't worry about anything, pray about everything. I'm praying, praying, praying but I can't help it. I'm still anxious. I, I'm still worried. I can't, I don't know what's going to happen. And I was overwhelmed with this fear as the worst could happen, worries. I <clears throat> I was so bothered at the Lord that he wasn't giving me his peace that I opened up the Bible to read it to him. And I said, Lord, I'm going to read you right out of your Bible, what you promised. And I read, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. And I realized I'd forgotten the next two words with thanksgiving. And when I opened up to read to the Lord, it helped me that I read because he doesn't forget his promises, but I had forgotten those two very vital words. You got to do the whole thing. You got to keep the whole thing. I had left out the very important part of praying with thanksgiving. And when I began to give thanks to God, in the midst of my trial, worry, inadequacy, and fears, then what happened? The promise came, and the peace of God, verse 7, the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's what God can do. And when God gives you his peace, then your joy can return. But when you're overwhelmed with worry and you're lacking the peace of God, your joy is gone you you're you the worry will will crush it it'll squeeze it out and so we need the peace of god and that comes from being thankful and grateful to god and again the more the more you worry the more grateful you've got to be the more you tend to be fearful of the future the more you've got to be a person giving thanks now thanking god for how he's worked in the past thanking god for how he's working now thanking god he will work in the future the next verse is also interesting. He says, Finally, brethren, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is of good repute, whatever if there's any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Let your mind dwell on these things. Lots of times, our fear and our worry is because we're doing just the opposite. We're inundated with fear of the future. We 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 watch cable news six hours a day or longer. We're, we're constantly listening to people talk about uh, current events that are scary, and we should be aware. And and I and I want you to be aware. I want you to know what's going on, but we don't want to be overwhelmed by it. And folks, if if that's all we're listening to, understand the way these they keep you listening is they. Increase your anxiety, your worry, your fear. Something's going to happen in the next hour, and I'm going to miss out on it. I got to check the news every hour because who knows what the president's going to do, or who knows what these people are going to do, or who knows this, who knows that. And so we're constantly worried and focused on things out of our control. We don't need to be. Turn your eyes on Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face, and the things of earth will be strange. Will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Fix your mind on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, of good repute, excellent, and worthy of praise. And the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind. And you'll be able to think productively about the future. You see, if you're always worried about the future, you're gonna be paralyzed. You're not gonna be able to do the good that you could do today because you're worried about what might happen tomorrow. Don't let that happen. Be filled with the joy of the Lord today. Shine the light of Christ today. Do what you can do today without being overly anxious word. Again, prepare for tomorrow, but don't be overwhelmed about tomorrow and what might happen when you have opportunities in front of you today. Walk in His joy this day. It matters. It's important. We want to be victorious. We want to make a difference. Do all the good you can this day. Tomorrow will take care of its own. That's what Jesus promised. He says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Make a difference today. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Father in heaven, thank you for this day that you've given us. Thank you for this day. It's a treasure some people won't live through this day. Some people have already passed away and they do not have this day. We have it. It's your gift to us. Help us to make the most of it. Help us to be filled with the joy of the Lord, which is our strength, to walk by faith today, to be people of love today. Protect us from, the, from being overcome by worry about tomorrow. Help us, Lord, if there's things that we're anxious about, to pray about them with thanksgiving so that we leave them in the hands of the, of the one who holds the world in your hand. And we make the best of this day, we pray. I pray your blessing and your favor would rest upon us. I know it will. And we pray all these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks for joining me. This is important. It's really important stuff. These principles, maybe you've heard them before. But these principles can make a difference in your life. That's why we come here and get the Word of God every day. And I'm thank you, thank you that you come and join me. If you're new today, welcome. I hope you'll join us every day. There, there are people come here every single day. You could join us, and if you do, I guarantee you you won't you in the next several months you're going to change. But you've got to be consistent, faithful, and God will meet you right here. He will use His Word to transform you. So God bless you. I love you. And until we meet tomorrow, might you be filled with the joy of the Lord. It's your strength. Don't let the world and don't let the devil take it away from you. Amen. God bless you. Bye-bye.